when we talk about the e-commerce growth formula, it's, it's about being able to optimize or refine or improve at the appropriate stage of the funnel, right? Hey, I'm Blake, and this is the Content Plus Commerce Podcast, presented by Engine E-Commerce, the only podcast for people building successful online stores. From agency life to being a lone freelancer, we'll be bringing you weekly content full of best practices and in the trenches advice. Hey, this is Blake with Engine Commerce. We are back for another great episode of the Content Plus Commerce podcast. This week, I've got Will Perry here with uh, Reason Agency. How are you today, Will? Awesome, Blake. Great to join you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So we'll uh, we'll lead off with kind of our standard question set. The first one, tell me about Reason Agency. Give me some backstory on its founding, where you guys are at, what your expertise is. Uh, give me your pitch, basically. <laughs> the elevator pitch. So um, Reason, we're based in downtown Orlando, Florida. So while maybe the rest of the country is uh, bundling up uh, over these next couple of weeks here and getting ready for Christmas, I'm pretty sure that it's probably going to be like 80 degrees uh, oh, I'm on jealous. Uh, Tuesday it's and Wednesday. <laughs> 29 here right yeah, now. Yeah, so there you go. So we we get to play golf year-round, which is fantastic. Uh, I'm a huge golfer, so I love that. But uh, started the agency about four years ago um, after a pretty extensive career in, in sales and marketing. Um, actually in the golf business. So we specialize in helping growth stage e-com brands scale their revenue. And the way that we do that is with our e-commerce growth formula and the DCIR method. It's basically our systematic approach to how we approach strategy and scale revenue online. And um, so I hope that we're able to talk today about some things that we see different e-commerce brands doing strategy-wise and how how we are really looking at the next 12 to 24 months from a marketing, digital marketing and e-commerce landscape. Yeah, perfect. So outside of like Facebook business manager and uh, like all of those kind of standard ad building tools, what are you guys, um, what are your go-to tools or maybe some of like the, the software that you guys use um, internally? Yeah, so software-wise, um, we are Klaviyo partners, we are Shopify partners, um, we're big advocates of, of ClickFunnels and um, the one-click upsell software as well as the Zipify Pages software. I mean, over the years, you know, we've probably used just about all of them, um, as I'm sure you've had a lot of experience with different tools and things like that as well. Um, and then just different tech, uh, different uh, app stacks and things like that with the different e-commerce platforms. But I would say overall, my, my biggest tool and my, my greatest advocate is Google Docs. Um, just from a uh, organization perspective of writing copy and organizing strategies and things of that nature. So uh, you know, I'm sure that's uh, something everybody can relate to. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Without, without Google docs and without like shareable, um, kind of like collaborative editing, I have no idea where engine would be today. Like it's, it's saved our butts <laughs> more times than I can count. Okay. Now, before we dive into your topic, uh, I want to hear kind of your best, uh, reason agency got to be the hero story. 
Yeah. So a couple of different ones. One of my one of my favorite ones is kind of going back to probably uh, winter of of last year. We worked with a product called Sled Legs, and uh, if anybody is from the Northeast or even from the Midwest, um, you might have played street hockey as a kid and. And if you visualize like what shin guards would look like, like on your legs, like from knee to ankle, and then take sledding. So like sledding as if you were to like tube in the snow and then combine the two. And that was sled legs. Um, so sled legs is basically a kid's uh, product or toy, if you will. Um, well, the reason why I, I really like this story and I share this example quite a bit is that um, we spent about 200,000 in Facebook ads in about like a two to two and a half month time frame. And when you're scaling and increasing ad spend that quickly in that short amount of time, it really puts, uh, it's really changed the way that, that we approach tracking and how we're looking for ways of improving tracking. Because when you scale ad spend that fast, especially speaking directly from a Facebook ads perspective, it really challenges the advertiser, call it the, you know, the ad manager, if you will, on how to read the data. And um, it really got us to be uh, a little bit more creative with how we were tracking and using some old school methods and, and different things like that. So I think for anyone out there who's looking to scale from $500 a day to eight to $10,000 a day, like we were in this specific scenario, just be really keeping in mind that um, scaling too fast can also be be difficult and while we're always proponents of driving revenue um, having your tracking in place whether it's offline tracking using Google Tag Manager different UTM codes and parameters there's always delayed attribution there's lags in in tracking and on all of those things so uh, just something to share that um, you know for any of your your clients or brands that you work with just to, to be keeping that in mind when you are really starting to aggressively spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Yeah, I, I love that example because uh, we have seen that firsthand with a brand that's on the engine platform where uh, they had gone from like, oh yeah, we feel comfortable spending like $35, $45 a day. Uh, they started to see an, a, a decent ROAS and they started cranking it up. And before they knew it, I mean, they were seeing success, but it was starting to kind of get out from underneath them. And at the yeah. end of the day, we're like, hey, guys, if, if we're ramping it up day after day, we're not going to understand where that's coming from. We're not going to be able to make like data driven decisions. We're going by our gut and by right. sales right now. We need to cool it. So it was a little bit of a it's a hard conversation to have when you have to say, hey, we, we need to make less money in order we can, so we can reliably make <laughs> more money in the future. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So when we booked this call, um, one of the things that you said we wanted to kind of dive in and spend some time talking about was how you guys use your e-commerce growth formula to increase traffic, ROAS, decrease uh, cost per acquisition, and drive revenue for brands. So here is your soapbox. I will let you uh, engage that topic, and let's get rolling. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So one of the best ways that I think to, to kind of kick that off is um, – is uh, so the other day I was just browsing and, and swiping through LinkedIn and everything. And it, it was a very timely post that I saw from Ryan Dice. And for anyone who doesn't know uh, who Ryan Dice is, who is the digital or um, the founder and CEO of, of Digital Marketer, and his post said, if the message is bad, the marketing will fail. And I was like, man, holy crap, this is so good, right? And um, 
So I just kind of really took a second to really think about that. And while it's really short and simple, it really carries a ton of weight because one of the, the most glaring areas that, that we see, and this is a big uh, component to our e-commerce growth formula and the DCR method, is that we see with e-commerce brands who are the top e-commerce brands, the ones that are executing, the ones that are crushing it and winning versus the brands who are looking to scale and, and kind of trying to figure things out. Or um, there's, there's really five things that most of these, these brands neglect or, or they miss. And so what, what that one strategy is, or if you want to call it a mistake or a pitfall, is lacking a unique and compelling sales message and why that's so extremely important. And so a great recommendation for a book that, that I've been reading recently is, is a book called The 16 Word Sales Letter, um, written by Alvaldo Albuquerque. And Alvaldo basically goes into the framework that he's used at Agora Financial. Um, and if anyone's not familiar with Agora Financial, they are a more than $1 billion company who basically specializes in copywriting and they write sales letters and email newsletters in the financial space. So long story short, Alvado basically talks about um, how when your brand is exposed from either, either your sales message is going to highlight or it's going to expose your brand, right? And this is one of the biggest, probably glaring areas that we see regularly is that when you start running ads, and you go throw your product into an arena of 100,000 people. I think someone was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago who was kind of talking about a similar type of example is that when you put that product into an arena of 100,000 people, it's either going to get exposed or it's either going to get highlighted and promoted, right? And so uh, this is really goes to the core of our DCR method, which means define, create, implement, and refine. So we use that approach with how we systematically uh, build out the entire system from an e-commerce perspective. And um, so there's a couple of other, these other strategies, you know, that we'll talk uh, about too with, uh, that go in regards to the unique sales message. But the whole component is, um, and what Alvado teaches is a series of 10 questions that you need to be able to answer through all of your copywriting. And if you're not answering all of those 10 questions with your copywriting, you're most often leaving conversion on the table because these are the core objections that your customer has. And we go through this process with our clients so that that way they can overcome those objections. And we really look at things from a core foundational digital marketing perspective and how we create sales messages online. And then we put them in different systems and platforms, call it Facebook, call it Google, call it YouTube, and we drive traffic. And um, so that was a really long-winded response to your question, but hopefully that provides some context uh, into yeah, what you were asking. I, I love that. Um, I, I love that kind of the, the dive into the Q&A that you guys run brands through, um, just because I think every agency and um, like every brand owner listening uh, runs into that situation where they say like, who are we really? And how do we line up our digital marketing efforts, who we say we are online with who, what we're selling and what we behave as, as a brand and as a company. So you guys, it almost sounds like you guys are doing, it's a, it's a branding uh, exercise, almost kind of guised uh, under the, the um, yeah. 
under the appearance of a like digital marketing alignment kind of process, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah, hundred percent. Which which is here's the thing, right? Is that like that's going to either get exposed when you start running ads, and then who takes responsibility for that? Does the advertising team take responsibility for that, or does the brand take responsibility for that? And if there's anything that I've learned over more than 10 years uh, in sales and marketing, it's that most people don't often want to take accountability for those situations. So we try to do our best to tee everybody up for success. And um, there are so many processes that we've implemented internally to really help uh, companies and brands and the CMOs and the CEOs of those companies to be successful. And that's one very specific area of looking at the entire e-commerce ecosystem as a sales funnel and that full funnel approach and not just getting so fixated on, on Facebook ads. Yep. Love that. Now from a, from a platform perspective, one of the things I always like to talk about is um, you can have all the best intentions in the world. You can have the best copywriting. You can have the uh, most fantastic looking carousel ad, but the core is, is when that ad gets clicked on, you're going to land on a product page. Now talk to me a little about maybe about blunders you see brands making on their product pages or like heinous errors maybe that uh, to avoid or um, tips to recommend to, yeah. to correct product pages. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this really goes at the core of the e-commerce growth formula because we, we, at its basic level, we break things down into three phases. So if ads are truly like your top of funnel, then your website and your actual sales funnel itself being your bottom of funnel, and then your checkout and post-purchase process being your bottom of funnel, where the website really comes in is the website is really responsible for conversion, right? And I think so many times where, where we see is the data is always very reflective of where the gap in the system is. And that's why we take a full funnel approach to CRO and optimization is that um, at the end of the day, the role and the responsibility of Facebook or Google or YouTube is to drive traffic, right? It's to highlight and promote that sales message and that offer. And the goal of the website is to convert that traffic into uh, a conversion or a paying customer. And so oftentimes what, what I see so frequently is bare bones uh, product pages, product pages that are, are missing those 10 compelling reasons uh, speaking about the objections again that go into the copywriting. Um, I think vanity marketing as well, trying to, to position such a visually uh, appealing brand and neglecting the real emotional reasons why people buy, which is why we are copy first. We, we lead with copy and then design um, because people buy emotionally and not logically. And typically that's going, our belief is that's going to be a copy driven process and then creative really seals the deal as being that tri final trust signal, um, you know, to really secure that. But I think overall, some really basic um, components that uh, a lot of people miss on the product page is number one, uh, videos. Like it is such a basic tip that putting your product in demonstration is your video sales letter. It, it tells people uh, how your product solves their problem. Um, shows the product in use. Um, it also shows all the features and the benefits, et cetera. But even more than that is looking at it from a sales perspective and what, what I would call like risk reversals. So 
understanding why people don't buy and including those trust signals on your product pages. Things like your return policy, money back guarantees, satisfaction guarantees, um, uh, extensive testimonials, video testimonials, and written testimonials. Um, again, all of those benefits, like what is in it for me? Um, two of the questions that Elvato talks about in the 16 word sales letter, number one is why is this product different? And this goes back to the unique and compelling sales message, which a lot of people miss because just throwing a product up online and, and putting it on a website doesn't mean that people are going to buy. Um, and then secondly, what's in it for me? So often one of the traps that I see um, these brands fall into is that they talk so much about the product and they forget that again, people buy emotionally and they need to speak on the terms of what's important to their customer. Right. And that should be reflective in all of the copy. Um, and so, uh, using those risk reversals and, um, maximizing the real estate that you have to turn those people into a paying customer um, is really what it's all about. So it's really, it's really writing that copy in a way that overcomes any objection that someone might have. And that nine times out of 10 always leads to higher conversion. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I, I think what some of what you're hitting on too lines up with uh, like social proof and getting like reviews yes. placed in the proper place and having it to where like after they've engaged with this compelling copy, they can then see that that's backed up by real world people that sit right there on the product page or even other locations. I know one of the uh, biggest successes we had for a client was also adding um, like context aware reviews to the cart page that once somebody got to the cart page and showed intent to purchase, uh, okay. they then saw reviews for people who had purchased those same things in their cart. And that pushed people through the funnel uh, even better, honestly, than a like single product review on a product page. So it's a lot like the, the social proof is something that is so under, I think, underestimated that everyone knows, oh, yeah, I've got to have product mm -hmm. reviews. I've got to be using Yapo or Swell or something. But the, the impact it can have on your funnel is uh, like widely underestimated, in my opinion. Agreed, agreed. And that's why, like, like when, when we talk about the e-commerce growth formula, it's, it's about being able to optimize or refine or improve at the appropriate stage of the funnel, right? Like so many people are so quick to go ch change ads when, when like if your completion of checkout percentage is 10%, the problem is that is at the checkout. There's a, there's a reason why people aren't buying and it's not because of ads. It's because of risk reversal. It's because of testimonials of social proof and things like that. And, um, you know, we, we have this, this CRO checklist that we go through. It's kind of like, um, you know, like when you go to the, the, you take your car in for service and they do the 27 point inspection. We always start uh, optimization with our 40 point checklist and going through all of the key areas that we typically will see and that we've improved and refined over the years. So, uh, I would encourage people to really look at their full system and not necessarily just be so fixed on ads and why ads aren't getting them a three to one return on ad spend because return on ad spend is a result of conversion in average order value. Right. And most often people really, um, they're, 
they, they look, they go into business manager and they're like, Oh, I'm only, I'm getting a, a half a return on ad spend or I'm getting one, 1.0 return on ad spend. And it really goes into understanding the different components to the funnel and how they work together as well as what areas might get exposed. You know, cause if you're selling a $30 product, getting a three to one return on ad spend in 2019 is almost like finding a needle in a haystack or a diamond in the rough. It's just not going to happen unless you have the most unique, innovative, new to market product that none of us have ever seen and conversion is super high. Maybe those things can happen, but when you're competing under the $100 average order value price point, getting those high return on ad spends is, is a, a factor of post-purchase upsells and conversion rate on site. And so if you really want to maximize your return on ad spend, focus on optimizing your post-purchase process and focus on increasing conversion and converting more of the customers that you're getting. Yeah, I, I love that because I, I think a lot of times there are some seductive tactics that brands like to take that are not necessarily around the like post-purchase or even like purchase funnel. Like for example, most brands at this point now have abandoned cart emails that go out and like the champions of those like flows of emails was like, yeah, we're sending X number of abandoned cart emails. Well, look at the, look at the root cause of that. Why are you sending so many abandoned cart emails? Do you have a problem with your checkout? Do you need to analyze right. if your shipping is too expensive or, or something along those lines? Start looking at the, uh, like the root causes rather than treating symptoms. Fix your funnel. Before exactly. you like champion a metric like, oh man, we're sending, we send 150 plus abandoned cart emails a day. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe you need to fix a leaky checkout at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you guys need to convert more of those customers so you yep. don't have to send so many emails. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Or work up the funnel even. I know one of the things that uh, engine champions with our automated sequences is this concept of a, of a category view or a product view email. So if somebody doesn't get to checkout, but they've added something to cart uh, engine knows that. And we're going to fire off an email that looks a lot like an abandoned cart email that says, Hey, you added this to your cart. Don't you want to come back here? So work up the funnel as well. You don't have to always focus okay. on kind of those bottom of funnel uh, last chance opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Switching gears a little bit. Um, I know we are past black Friday. We are past kind of the big rush. Um, but talk to me maybe a little bit about pitfalls you see some brands getting into from an end user perspective, whether it's, uh, I want you to focus on digital marketing here. So forget on-site stuff, but talk to me a little bit about pitfalls, mm -hmm. common pitfalls you see brands running into, and maybe you can save the day for somebody. <laughs> so we talked on one and that is lacking a unique and compelling sales message. So that's really a very common pitfall that we see brands neglecting. And the strategy for that is creating an offer that de-risks the purchase to uh, the end customer. So that's one. Uh, um, and then the other four would be, and then if you want to go in, into them in some specific detail, because I can talk about this stuff for like hours, right? So is um, one very common mistake that we see is thinking short-term versus thinking long-term. And the brands that are really killing it online are building a true relationship with their customer. And what that means down to the very like tactical executing perspective is like, think of it like dating. And this is an example that again, Ryan Dice uses all the time. 
is that, and I, I want people to structure their funnel this way. I want them to structure their advertising and their acquisition this way is like when you, when, when you think back to when you went out on a date with your significant other, your wife, your girlfriend, et cetera, your boyfriend, you know, you went out for coffee first, right? And then you went out for dinner on the second date. And then you guys started to become, or you decided to become boyfriend and girlfriend. And then maybe you decided to get engaged. And then maybe you decided to to get married, right? Except the problem with that is 99% of e-commerce brands run conversion ads to product page, right? And they wonder why the system doesn't work. And they put so much pressure on return on ad spend and generating profit from acquisition. And it's, it, it's so glaringly obvious with how we see so many e-commerce brands trying to drive revenue and scale, but the true, the true killers, like the ones who are really oiling their funnel and, and building long-term sustainability are the brands that are um, creating value in what Frank Kern calls uh, content-based branding. And content-based branding means you're basically giving value to your end consumer before you're asking something of them again, right? So this goes back to the PDP example we just talked about, is what's in it for me? So if you give them something first, information, content, et cetera, and then lead them to the next step, now they're in your, the middle of your funnel, and then you can go to your call to action. From an agency perspective, the way that we do this is we offer a free audit to everyone that we work with first. We give them information, we consult them on the process, we go through all of that. That's our top of funnel and our middle of funnel before we ever ask them to, to commit to us, to spend a dollar, et cetera, right? And it's the same thing in e-commerce is that when you build a relationship with that dream customer, the goal is to get them to a point where they're buying from you again and again and again because to win an e-com, it's all about frequency. And to use a line that, that I love that the the since uh, past Dan Kennedy used to say, and Dan Kennedy used to say, um, he who spends the most to acquire a customer always wins, right? And so when you really think about that, it really, it really suggests about how do you think about things more long-term because ads are getting more and more expensive, right? So Facebook's not gonna stop charging you any less money anytime soon. So how do you transition into traffic that you own versus traffic that you're dependent on like with Facebook and getting 80% of your traffic from from like the big elephant in the room right and that's that's the other kind of big common mistake that we see is as e-commerce brands are so Facebook dependent that like the ones who are really doing well and scaling and hitting 5 10 15 20 million like they own traffic they are taking a multi-channel approach. Like, why would you want to continue spending hundreds of thousands of dollars with the big Z when you could go create a bunch of content assets that drive traffic back to your website and build a list of 100,000, right? When it costs 10 times more to acquire a customer through a Facebook ad. Yeah, so it's, it's, that's it's one a, of the, the other big areas that we see. I love that because what you laid out is uh, the importance of LTV for any brand, it, right. it, like the, the core of building that relationship with your customer and not just driving right to your funnel. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the brand awareness campaign that every like paid marketer hates to kind of acknowledge because there's not huge ROAS there, 
but there is. It's just right. not in that campaign. That's the, the first touching stone that someone sees of your brand that then builds into a long-term funnel that hopefully you're acquiring a true fan who lives and stays with the brand for years. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's so spot on because the brands, I mean, it's, it really stinks to think about like how many e-commerce businesses I've seen go out of business because they're chasing things this way, right? Like they're chasing that short-term profit versus long-term sustainability. And, um, and it's really like what, what uh, our marketing manager, Kevin likes to call the hope and pray method. And the hope and pray method is when, when basically you run these conversion ads and hope and pray that you're able to finally figure something out and make some money, right? And that's what everyone wants to do in in e-common. Like I'm never against people being profitable, but at the same time, like when with that short-term outlook, it literally dictates and changes the entire way the funnel is structured, implemented, executed, et cetera. But the brands who are really killing it, they're forecasting, right? They're six to 12 months ahead you know, they know how their funnel is performing and, and they have a sales target of, you know, 300,000, you know, next month. And they know that they have to spend 150, 200,000 to get there. Right. But they know that, and then they can back through, fill their inventory to meet that demand. But the hope and pray method is this idea that like, I'm going to start running ads and like, I'm going to just burn through like the next freelancer or agency or advertiser that can't get me a three to one and how we always look at it is, is we reverse engineer it. And one of the, one of the key exercises that we always take people through is what's called the ad ROI calculator. And when you can understand how much ads cost and what your average order value is and what your website is converting at and how much traffic you're driving, and then you take into account your cost of goods, you can actually uh, project like how your funnel is going to perform. Right. And so that's why it's so important to have a long-term approach because actually making money on acquisition from an ads perspective, when most e-commerce brands are relying on, on digital advertising is extremely freaking difficult unless you're selling a product that costs a hundred dollars or more. Right. Yep. And so when you can understand how the, the funnel is converting, then you can forecast over a six to 12 month period, what your revenue will be. And then you know how much ads you will need to spend. And then you will know how much inventory that you need. And when you know how much inventory you need, you can plan ahead and you're not in this like reactive um, state. And it makes everyone at Engine Commerce even more uh, happy, right? Right, right. Yeah. And it's, and it's looking at this concept of, are you behaving like a drop shipper or are you behaving like a brand? And I think you, you, you hit that nail on yeah, the head exactly. right there on, are you just trying to uh, link your, you know, like link your store to what your, your Alibaba, which is your warehouse and just sell crap. Yeah. Or are you trying to build a relationship with your customer? And those are two different, massively different approaches when it comes to, to digital advertising. Right. Uh, well, I mean, they both, they both have their own merits, but anyone that's at a true brand or Absolutely. anybody that's a true brand runner wants to build that long-term relationship. They want to grow um, the way that their customer interacts with them rather than just shipping something out the door and calling it done for the day. 
well, you would think you would think that that that's how they would approach it. the The right way would be to, to approach that way. But over the years, it it literally drives me nuts to 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 see or to have experienced how many people don't actually want to grow their companies, and it just like it's actually so much shaped what our theme is going into this year, which is this philosophy about thriving, and. I've almost become like obsessed with it is, is how do you, how do you down to every decision that you make? How do you focus on thriving Um, from how you, you organize the business to the, to the way that you conduct strategy and operate and, and run ads and create emails and, you know, launch the next product to your customer. How do you focus on thriving instead of just surviving? And that's become very personal for me. Um, coming into this year and and just something I wanted to share kind of with all your listeners. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Now, uh, just to make sure that we're staying kind of on our uh, on our time limit, I want to be respectful of your time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Coming to our last question, what's something in in the paid paid or like digital social area? So not e-com, not necessarily platform wise that you think is coming up in the next year, year and a half that might catch people by surprise. Um, so something that we kind of touched on a little bit already, and if this isn't, you know, the right response to that, like by all means, feel free to, to mention it again. But I think we all need to be very aware with how, the volatility of especially Facebook has is really impacting business. Um, a lot of people are dependent upon Facebook and in my company included. Um, I think that we need to really be aware. I mean, tell me how many stories you've heard about with ad accounts that were shut down and people who are losing sales and revenue and like being so dependent on one traffic source to drive 80% of your foot traffic basically that commands your revenue is just, it's not really looking at things um, in that approach of like uh, being, being flexible, being diverse, Mm -hmm. being nimble. And one of the big initiatives and, and there are definitely some other marketers who are talking about this and I'm, I'm really on board with it is really being more channel agnostic and how do you have just better marketing? Just have better marketing and then use that marketing in a multi-channel approach because being so dependent on, upon Facebook really handcuffs you. Um, even being dependent on Google, like how many brands have you heard about where F- Google pushed out another update and it crushed their organic traffic by 50%, you know? And so where I see things really going over the next year, year and a half, and these are some things that we're working on in the background is how do you transition into traffic that you own and true and what that means is is building huge email lists and and building lists in other ways um, in creating content on different platforms organically that drives traffic back to your brand that you can then use a multi-channel approach like Facebook and Google and YouTube and Taboola and and all these other platforms to remarket to the person that you already know uh, is the exact dream customer that you want to be speaking with because you're creating content that resonates with them directly. And that's, that's how you position traffic at, that you own. This is a much bigger like t- 
topic of discussion and a bigger, a bigger thing to tackle than just creating traffic that you own, because that's truly a long-term strategy and kind of turning yourself into an internal like affiliate marketer and more of an arbitrage of, of controlling your traffic versus being dependent upon your traffic. Yes. It's look at it like an investment strategy. I mean, even if the market's doing great, you don't put all of your money into a single stock. You look at how you diversify, how you build a foundational portfolio that no matter the condition of the market, you're going to win. Same way with digital advertising. If all of your, if you only own shares of Facebook right now, um, you're in trouble. Figure out how you spread that out um, among other channels. Uh, like look towards the future as well. I mean, things like TikTok getting into kind of their first advertising um, kind of sales funnel there. Like look on, look to the future. Don't look at just what's working today and place all of your bets and eggs in that basket. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time today, Will. This was a fantastic episode. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk with me. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Also, if you'd like to talk to Engine about our agency partner program, then visit enginecommerce.com slash agency.